He's known as everyone's favourite chat show host, a leading figure in popular entertainment and camp Irish comedian. These are all quotes which have been used to describe Graham Norton at one time or another in his 30-year-long career. From radio host to Eurovision commentator and best-selling author, Norton is a household name in the UK. His position cemented by his irreverent, innuendo-laden style. He is, of course, most notable for his hugely popular comedy chat show, which has seen all manner of celebrity names grace his plump bread sofa. However, this October saw a new term float into the lexicon used around the well-known TV presenter after he was posed questions on trans rights and the author J.K. Rowling's unrelenting anti-trans campaign, and it was Norton's non-committal response that sparked weeks of debate, a mere glimpse into the hostility towards trans people in the UK. The term in question, as always, it's cancel culture. And as we'll explore, Norton's experiences are merely a symptom of a much wider problem. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Leah, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately cancelled. On the 11th of October 2022, the Times and Sunday Times Cheltenham Literature Festival made a splash in the papers when the discourse strayed away from the books and authors themselves. Presumably at the festival to discuss his recently published third novel, Graham Norton was asked about cancel culture, to which he shared the following. Quote, You read a lot of articles in newspapers by people complaining about cancel culture and you think, in what world are you cancelled? He said... I'm reading your article in a newspaper or you're doing interviews about how terrible it is to be cancelled. I think the word is the wrong word. I think the word should be accountability. End quote. The Irishman's thoughts captured in a three-minute clip shared by Times Radio that swiftly went viral didn't end there. He continued, quote, John Cleese has been very public recently about complaining about what you can't say. It must be very hard to a man of a certain age who's been able to say whatever he likes for years and now suddenly there's some accountability. It's free speech, but it's not consequence-free. End quote. Here, Norton alluded to the statements made by the 83-year-old Monty Python actor just the day before. In a morning slot on the BBC Radio 4 News programme, John Cleese explained his decision to join GB News as a presenter with the following, quote, The BBC have not come to me and said... Would you like to have some one-hour shows? And if they did, I would say, not on your Nelly, because I wouldn't get five minutes into the first show without being cancelled or censored. End quote. Marina Hyde, a columnist for The Guardian, noted, quote, How very interesting to hear John Cleese explain how he'd be immediately cancelled or censored on the BBC in comments made freely and at considerable length on a flagship show. End quote. Klee's condemnation of the BBC harked back to 2020 when the broadcaster removed an episode of the 1970s Faulty Towers sitcom from one of its streaming services, UKTV. This was due to the episode containing racial slurs and offensive language in reference to the West Indies cricket team. Klee's deemed its removal as cowardly. Regardless, Norton offered a generous read of the Cleese situation, but for his interviewer Mariella Frostrup, who probed again on the Cheltenham Festival stage, this was not enough. She described the elderly actor as an easy target. 
With laser-like precision, Frostrop focused in on J.K. Rowling and, in her words, the, quote, anger, rage, and attempts of censorship, end quote, she's been subjected to since demonstrating that the imagination, which birthed the fantastical Potterverse, cannot seem to reconcile gender alongside sex. Thinly veiled, the subtext of Frostrop's line of questioning was clear. Where do Mr. Norton's allegiances lie when it comes to trans people and their rights? The show host began by explaining his feelings of discomfort with being folded into discourse he does not feel qualified to speak on. Quote, All I'm painfully aware of is that my voice adds nothing to that discussion. End quote. Instead, he insisted on, quote, Talking to trans people, talking to the parents of trans kids, talking to doctors, talking to psychiatrists, talking to someone who can illuminate on this in some way, end quote. He added, quote, I am very aware, as a bloke on the telly, your voice can be artificially amplified, and once in a blue moon, that can be good, but most of the time, it's just a distraction. If you want to talk about something, talk about the thing. You don't need to attach a Kardashian or whatever to a subject. The subject should be enough in itself, end quote. Ending his answer with a plea, Norton implored, quote, Please can we have some experts? Can we rustle up some fucking experts and talk to them rather than a man in a shiny pink suit? End quote. The questions were met with applause and cheers from the live audience, with many on Twitter sharing similar sentiments. The original Times radio tweet racked up 26,000 likes and over 6,000 retweets. However, one Twitter user, Brendan May, noted the radio station's clickbait headline confirmed Norton's point. The original caption read, quote, Graham Norton criticizes John Cleese and tells Times Radio that cancel culture isn't real, end quote. May's new caption read, quote, One of the most sensible takes on cancel culture I've seen. Sensible, honest, smart, end quote adjoining a tweet which now sits at over 120,000 likes and around 28,000 retweets. Other users described Graham Norton as, quote, eloquent and thoughtful in his response, end quote, and commended him for his, quote, excellent take on so-called cancel culture and how it is a distraction from the important discussions, end quote. Danny DiPlacido, writing for Forbes, reported that Norton's response was widely praised, with a number of individuals, including UK MPs, tweeting their support using the hashtag IStandWithGrahamNorton. Placido highlights the amplified focus on Norton rather than the content of what he had shared, stating that, quote, The attention economy is fueled by the opinions of famous people. After all, Rowling is an expert on wizards and magic school, not trans people. But in the current media ecosystem, fame eclipses expertise. End quote. It was the musician Billy Bragg's support for Norton, which was simply a summary of the presenter's key points, quote, that the media talk directly to trans teens and their parents rather than merely amplifying the takes of a celebrity, end quote, that prompted a defensive and possibly defamatory response from the Harry Potter lady two days after Norton's interview. Quote, very much enjoying the recent spate of bearded men stepping confidently onto their soapboxes to define what a woman is and throw their support behind rape and death threats to those who dare disagree. End quote. Unless the author was privy to a different Norton interview on cancel culture, it's tricky to locate where exactly Norton or Bragg offered definitions of womanhood or threw support behind death threats. Again, irony can be found once more, this time dripping from Rowling's assertion that men, 
specifically bearded men, simply because, have no right to dictate to her a woman on anything regarding womanhood. Meanwhile, Rowling, a cis white woman author, certainly seems comfortable weighing in on trans issues. It was her responses to proposed changes to UK gender recognition law that cracked the veneer for many long-standing childhood fans of her work. However, with her 13.9 million followers in tow, Rowling's tweet quickly went viral, activating interest from so-called gender-critical, or rather, TERF, factions on Twitter. Pink News reported that soon Norton began receiving a barrage of abuse and by Monday the 17th of October 2022, his Twitter account was gone. Norton since has not returned to Twitter, with the only active account linked to him being the account for The Graham Norton Show. Of course, even the tweets about up-and-coming guests on the show don't escape anti-trans rhetoric that now sits under them. Journalists and authors like Owen Jones and Sarah Gibbs expressed incredulity at the situation, with Gibbs even stating that his comments were, quote, so mild that she was initially critical, thinking he could have done more, and he still got hounded off Twitter for saying that people should listen to trans people about trans issues. He attacked no one. He expressed no view, end quote. There's a clear frustration which emerges, even after being asked provocative, headline-delivering questions and even after offering a benign response which eluded staking a position, it still managed to incur backlash and compelled Norton to deactivate his Twitter account. Yet, this seems to be where engagement with this topic ends. You're either for Norton or for Rowling. A saga swirling around two famous cis people, three if you count Frostrup, where the voices of trans people barely puncture the surface despite their very existence repeatedly attacked, called into question and negated wholesale. Even the well-meaning hashtag I stand with Graham Norton overshadows the communities at the heart of this furore. If this is the level of vitriolic backlash aimed at, quote, one of the country's most beloved TV presenters, end quote, for proposing that those being spoken about should be heard, it offers little more than a glimpse into the way trans people are engaged with. Quote, Debates on trans rights are too often dominated by people who aren't trans themselves, giving credence to perspectives that are not informed by personal experience, expertise, or knowledge. End quote. Jons Dottir, a Metro columnist and trans advocate, wrote, quote, Almost every single day I see articles online or comments about trans people where no trans person has been involved whatsoever, end quote. Jons Dottir shares their frustration with the fact that these people, who have no experience or expertise, are often positioned as an authority in these spaces because, quote, often the only thing they have to bring to the discussion is that they vehemently oppose those rights, end quote. The influence of these celebrities-turned-civil-rights-adjudicators cannot be understated. 2020 saw the US Senate block the Equality Act, which would amend the 1964 Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, sexual orientation and gender identity. While blocking the bill, Republican Senator James Lankford quoted Rowling's then-recent blog post as part of his opposition to the bill. Incidentally, Jons Dutier was among four authors who left the Blair Partnership, Rowling's literary agency, in protest after the agency refused to issue a public statement of support of trans rights. Their Metro column continues, quote, Seeing those people given platforms without being challenged instead of trans people themselves, their families or experts that have direct experience working with trans people and trans inclusion is infuriating. 
If more people in positions of power took Norton's advice, the debate around trans issues would be framed differently. But sadly, parts of the media and political climate in the UK almost seem, in my view, designed to halt progress and mislead the public in order to generate clicks and push their own agenda. End quote. Jons Dottir brings the piece to a close with a simple demand, quote, Like Norton, I want trans people to be more directly involved in public debates around trans issues, where they are used for more than just defending their right to exist against an anti-trans voice. That way, we might actually learn something that's informed by reality and facts for once, as opposed to fear and ignorance. End quote. The Graham Norton interview is just one of the latest iterations of a new pervasive tactic by those who mask transphobia as gender-critical thinking. Public figures, politicians, hell, even Putin, are offering their two pence on the lives of trans people, whether cornered into giving an answer or not. And, as it turns out... Even though you might give a perfectly mild and moderate response that hundreds of thousands of people agree with, this incident has shown that it is still not enough if you're understood as a dissenting voice. To that end, you may as well make your position clear from the outset. There's a good chance you might be hounded anyway because evidently, when it comes to the rights, access and dignity of trans folks, there simply cannot be a middle ground. This episode was written by Paula Akpan. This is a Broccoli production.